Nope, turn it off. Turn it off. We have no time. Enough. No time for theme music. We Go. don't have time hey. for theme music. It's another... Hey, um, yes. listen. Yes. We got to talk about the Batman. The Batman. The only one. They've only made one. They've and only this made is one. The, this is the Batman. It's the only one they've done. That's right. We're having another emergency session where we got to talk about a new-ish movie. <laughs> We always get to them a little late. A little bit. We're not really, we're not really opening night podcasters. No. <laughs> that involves like going to the theater yeah, and yeah. just no. The only time we've done a movie pretty early in theaters that we didn't release it for months and it may not even be out yet. <laughs> it's not for rent quite yet. <laughs> oh, the movie's not for rent, right? You okay. can purchase it. I love that we keep teasing. But it is great that... Yeah, I know, right. We keep teasing this episode we haven't released yet, and no one's going to give a shit. But it is fantastic <laughs> that we purposely went to it almost opening opening week. We were, I think we were a week after Maybe. opening night? I'm like that. I can't remember. But anyway, anyway, anyway. anyway That's not what we're here we're, for. No, we're already sidetracked, and we have to stay focused, because this is an emergency session of Sharktoberfest. Hi, I'm Logan Nielsen. That's Dustin Picks over there. Say hi, Dustin. Oh, hi, Dustin. <sighs> Here we are, because we're here. We got to talk about the Batman, because it's on HBO Max, and so we watched it on HBO Max. Yes, we did. And all we, three hours of it. All three hours of it. Three unearned hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, ge- uh, generally, I, I don't. I don't have a, a, a an overly negative review of the movie necessarily. I enjoyed it. I I I, I got a little bit but of both. We well, stuff we'll I like. We'll get stuff into I it. didn't like. We're gonna get into it, but this is our. You know, we gotta still do. Even though even though these emergency sessions, we gotta hit the ground run a little more. We still gotta do business. We got business. We got business. We gotta do. And first things first. What are we drinking with the Batman Hair Brewmeister? We are gonna do Firestone and Walker's smooth milk stout. It's nitro. Nitro Merlin milk stout. I don't know why it's called Merlin. I know who Merlin is. He's a wizard. He's a wizard. He's a wizard. Generally portrayed with a white beard. Yet this has a steer skull. I was going to say, this this doesn't have any beard on it. It has a steer skull and there's a lion and a bear. Which that's their that's their emblem. That's their their logo. I I, I gathered that was probably their their emblem. You knew that, but Uh, confusing. Yeah, the Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Where are they out of? California, I believe. Cali? I could be wrong, but I think so. Yep. Yep. Uh, Paso Robles, California. Robles or, or Robles? I'd say Robles. Robles, maybe? Kind of sounds uh, uh, But this is a milk stout, uh, 5.5% uh, ABV, 12 fluid ounces, Firestone Nitro Merlin milk stout, beer, before glory that that sounds like the saying of a guy who died trying to jump something you know absolutely <laughs> that is that is evil an evil can evil copycat Fi- beer before glory smash dead copycat but was only performing for his three friends yes yeah 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 oh this one oh stop pour hard into glass see look at these instructions and that that's a bright red a uh, little stop there. Stop. Pour right. hard into glass. Master the surge pour. So invert can three. T- okay, so we got to follow these instructions here. Okay. So step one. This is before you open. Must be. Yeah, you wouldn't invert it three times before you open it. That's stupid. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. You wouldn't open it and then do that. So- <laughs> I just picture you cracking it and then spinning it. Listen, there's too much in this can. You don't want it all in the glass. So just go yeah. ahead, just give, pour it out for three homies, and then go ahead. <laughs> I was just thinking that. 
Okay, so we got to invert can three times. Ready? Yes. Here we go. One, two, three. Okay, now surge pour. So now it leaves out open. Well, you must open it first, yeah. I'm guessing. I'm trying it. Nothing's yeah. happening, bro. Oh, because these are nitros, so you can be a little rough with them. Uh, surge pour. Surge! <laughs> I was getting nervous with the surge pour. Oh, is this glass tall enough? It is. So that was only step two. And then uh, <laughs> step three is wait, admire, cascade. Let's take a moment. You know, it looks pretty good. I like the look of that head. It's got almost like a, a Guinnessy looking head, but it's got like a black lager body. Yeah. Is that, is that yeah, track? Absolutely. See what I'm saying? Uh, and then step four is enjoy. I think we need to wait, admire, and cascade a little bit longer. Right. I don't think we, we quite did enough of that. Was there any other information on this deal, or was that all the biz? I don't think so. Anything under there? There's a little something under here. Boop. Let me just throw a beer at you. It's okay. It's a nitro. It's been inverted once. There you go. <laughs> you only got to do that one two times. Yes. Uh, so the nitro Merlin milk stout, dark, creamy, and impossibly smooth. Just pour as directed and behold the magic that we call Nitro Merlin Milk Stout. And then they have a quoted section here from brewmaster Matt Brynaldson. Um, Let me try to think of a voice for Matt Brynaldson. Here we go. Uh, Nitro Merlin Milk Stout is our way of delivering an authentic nitro beer experience straight from the can. This is a roasty stout with a hint of mellow sweetness. With all of the smooth, creamy textures you expect from the nitro format. Thank you, Matt. That was uh, a lovely quote, and I look forward to drinking your beer. You're welcome. I miss my kids. <laughs> That's enough, Matt. I just <laughs> want to hear about the beer. I you can just, things haven't been going well since Stacy left. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you head out, That's bud? That's fine. You know, I. Beer's fine. I'm more of a cocktail man. Yeah, I can I can see that. But a job's a job. You know, you got to pay that alimony. <laughs> Thanks again, Matt. Thanks. Thanks again. Yeah, you guys mind if I just like lay down for a second? <laughs> Brewing for tomorrow, we do all that we can to maximize beer quality while minimizing our environmental impact. Here on California's Central Coast, we are committed to preserving our region's natural resources for generations to come. Renewable energy. Our on-site solar array offsets a majority of breweries' energy use. Conserving H2O. Processed water is reused or treated on site and ultimately returned to the local aquifer. Minimized waste. Our spent grains are converted into feed for local livestock. Yeah, that makes me feel good. I like that. And plus, all of our floors double as my bed. (laughs) Yes, Matt, we know. You know, because usually you'll have ones that say, like, we're doing our best for the earth. But they don't say how. And you know what? Hats off to Firestone for being like, no, this is what we're doing. Yeah, you remember that one? Put it right in the box. Do you remember the one we drank where they're like, we donate half the proceeds? And that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the one. Wasn't that Potosi? That was Anaconda, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Wasn't it that and one? it was just like we we donate. 
It's just like we all proceeds go to char- charity. It's like okay, well, what charities? Yeah, because that does that does make a difference. <laughs> yeah, is it uh, make America great again or what, yeah, what's happening here? Yeah, are are any of these charities trying to pray anything away? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, because that uh, you know, uh, but then also like all of your proceeds probably don't though, right? And no. then how do you exist? You're not a nonprofit. Yeah. So that means that's probably not a truthful statement. But we have other ones that we've watched, or that we've watched, that we've read, and they've been like, you know, uh, for a sustainable future. But they don't say how. They they don't have the balls to back it up. They just say like, I don't know, I, I think we care about Earth. Anyway, drink up. But like, you know what? This one right here, it's like, here's because I was about to, I was about to roast them, and then I saw they had three blurbs underneath. I'm like, fuck, you know what? Gauntlet Throne, yeah. Firestone. Yeah. You're, you're ahead of the environmental conversation for breweries right I now. I think so. So now let's just see if they're part of the flavor conversation. Yes. So now that we've cascaded and admired enough, look at that color. Look at that black color. That looks great. That looks really pretty. That's yeah. why I chose it, man. No like this it. A, this is a dark movie. Dark about episode. To talk about. It's very smooth. It's very smooth. There's not a lot going on. Flavor-wise, no. It, it kind of... It it kind of tastes like a Guinness that doesn't have the full Guinness flavor. It does, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. No, it's very very reminiscent. I know that's because of the nitro, but because the flavor the nitro, as well, though. But also, this is, it's the closest I've really felt that even a nitro has gotten to the the actual like Guinness consistency. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it really got has that full like texture of a of a of a Guinness. Yes, a Guinness. <laughs> I'll have a I'll have a Guinness for St. Patrick's. Um yeah, flavor-wise I'm not it's not dazzling me. It's not there's not a lot happening, no. But it's fine. If I'm frank, I don't love the way it tastes. I don't love its taste. Yeah. I don't really love the way it tastes. I the texture is great. It's very smooth. It tastes kind of like it's kind of boring. It's <laughs> oh, it's definitely boring. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not loving the way this tastes, but yeah. Texturally, it looks beautiful. That black color is great. Yeah, it's nice. It's very silky, very smooth. Very silky, very pillowy. Smooth. I think pillowy. I would consider it those things, but it just it doesn't really have a flavor. No, it goes pretty flat for that because there's really no aftertaste. No, and up front's also very muted and just boring. Yeah, because it it doesn't taste like Guinness. It tastes like Guinness foam. I think the problem is we're wanting Guinness. Well, you know what I mean? I do. Once I taste this, I want it to be that. Yeah, and that's the problem. And then it just really falls flat. Because Guinness has that kind of nice sharp. Yeah. I think Guinness is dry, too, because it's an Irish stout. This is a milk stout, so it's... it's oh, that's fair. That's you know? a good point, too. So it it has that unfermented milk sugar. That's, I think, what I'm tasting, then. Yeah. I think it's that's what I'm tasting, but it doesn't have much else flavor-wise going with it. No, not really. Because it doesn't you have... I think it would be roastier. Roastier was the word in my head, actually, bro. I was thinking this doesn't have a lot of roastiness to it. It doesn't yeah. have, like you said, Guinness is a little, a little more bitter. Has a little more, it's a more sharp. You it's know? more sharp. It's a little yeah. more dry, mm-hmm. a little bit. And this just isn't. It's just, it would, it would be honestly this. I would maybe feel different about this beer if I haven't had a, you know, already, what, fifteen year love of Guinness, right? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes, that's I, the I, problem. It's that's the thing. I, it's it's because because of how similar it is. It's so quickly to be like, well, it's not that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, it just falls. It falls flat. Yeah, I don't know. 
Don't love it. Don't love it. But texture, like I said, though, I, I, I think this is the closest I have really felt a stout come to that Guinness consistency. Yeah. I've had some, I've had some smooth milk stouts. I've had some smooth nitros. But I didn't feel like they they had that. Like this one, I, the, when I first sampled them, like that feels like Guinness in my mouth. And that's probably what's hurting them. Then. If you're ever at a brew pub and you see they have a beer on cask, they call it. Yeah. You need to try one. Okay. It's naturally carbonated. Oh. And it's so smooth when it comes out. Oh, there you go. It's, mm, I want you to try one. What was that? There was a beer. Remember when I was in LA last year and I just sent you pictures of a beer I was drinking? Yeah. Because it was like a nitro... What was it? It was like, it was like an, an ale. It was, it was like a different. nitro ale. It was really fucking good. <laughs> it was really good because it would come out and it looked all. It looked like a Guinness yeah. still settling, but it was a light beer. Like it was completely yellow. But I've had some ales the, on. Yeah, it's fun on nitro. It's yeah, but that's kind get, of like how I would consider cask beers because they they kind of have that same feel, that kind of same body, mm-hmm. and they're usually ales. A lot of times, yeah. cask beers I've had are ales. So yeah. if you ever see one, I think sadly what's what's holding this one back is that it's a stout. Yeah, because that's what then it it immediately draws the comparison. I know it should have been a porter, a roasty ass porter. Oh, yum! Ooh, a roasty nitro porter that would fit with this whole motif too. I know, right? Yeah. Hmm. 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 <laughs> well, all right then. Well, that's the beer, and that's the last we'll speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no more talking about it. Um, yeah, and this is one of our different episodes, so we're not doing the whole. Do we, do we want to do any other check in about anything else? No, let's just go on to the Batman. Let's just get in the Batman. Here let's for. just get into the fucking Batman. Let's just do it. It's Matt on. Reeves, was it twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? When did that come out? This came out twenty twenty two. Okay, out, it came out this. I think it came out in March. Yeah, it hit HBO Max really fast. I was surprised. That I was surprised it came too to HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, because it was only. I think out for three weeks, maybe a month before it came to HBO Max. But yeah, I remember the announcement; it was coming out. I'm yeah, because like, I was considering seeing it because I had some friends who saw it, and they said it was they was they said it was pretty good, or at least even ones who were just like they're like they're like I I think you'd be interested. That was kind of how they pitched it to me. I'm like oh, okay, and then I started hearing good reviews, and I you know obviously you when I hear when I say good reviews too, I mean like actual people being like you know what they kind of did a different thing with it, like not the people who are like. The problem with superhero movies right now is you have constant people who are like, this is a masterpiece. This is what cinema is supposed to be. I'm like, no, it's not. Calm down. (laughs) But you always get that. I know. And I hate it. But it's gotten so wild now because now people are even doing it for the trailer to Thor Love and Thunder. Everyone's like, why is that a thing now? I've noticed that too. It's just, I think because it's just, it's the whole thing of, of nerd being the new cool thing. And especially all these movie universes of superhero stuff. So, and I think especially too with remember when like Martin Scorsese was like, "This isn't cinema." And so I think now everyone's trying so hard. Every, I think everyone wants catharsis so bad, and our generation in particular is so stuck in the past because <laughs> we've talked about this before. We talked about nostalgia before, absolutely. And I, I think our generation in particular, because it tends to be people who are like in their thirties, going on forty. <laughs> Tends to be in that age range, millennials, because that's where millennials are now. We're millennials. Oh, we we hate the present. We with hate. A passion. We hate the present. We want it to be the '90s again, even though like they weren't great. No, <laughs> like, we're all just sick of going to work. Is what it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. We all just go ah, 
fuck we had to get jobs yeah and yeah what's, no, this, what's this paying bills bullshit and here's the thing yes our generation got screwed over a little bit because college degrees didn't mean anything anymore that ours was the first generation to have to deal with that you used to be able to just get a degree and get a job we started being like, oh, you got a you got a degree that took you four years to get. Cool. You also need seven years of work experience. Yeah. It's also entry level. What does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? We got dicked in that way. But then I think I think our generation, a lot of it. I know everyone likes to call us entitled, and I don't think we're entitled. I I think we're just so I think we're just so sad. <laughs> we're just so I think we're just so bummed out. We're just like I thought being an adult would be a little more fun. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a right? raw deal, huh? I think it's, yeah. yeah. I think it's just what I think it's what well, our generation's just, going through. We just were not warned at all of what was to come. No, it was almost like a cruel joke. Yeah, that well, parents played on everyone. Well, I, th- I think the real cruel joke is we're the first generation to learn it's all bullshit. I think that's always been the truth. But it, you know, that's a th- yeah, that's true because the thing is, social media really hit. Social media really hit. You got to just research. You really, you really like, can't. Yeah. yeah, you can't just live in La La Land. You know, you, yeah. you can't. It was easier to look the other way on a lot of stuff back yeah. in the day. You know, even not that long ago. But yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I think that's coupled. I think you couple that with then everyone wanting a reason to be excited, and I think superhero movies are like the reason to be excited because they're they're the big movies right now. They're the only tent poles that exist anymore. No, they don't. Aside from they don't make big movies unless it's it's superhero movies and Fast and Furious. Yeah, that's about it. No, unless it's some high octane action type movie. But even that, think about how hard it is to just make like a good like one off action movie anymore. Yeah, they don't really happen. That's true. You almost have to be uh, associated with the franchise. Yeah, yeah. And if you do have a one off movie that does well, get ready to make a franchise. Yeah, even if that wasn't the plan. Uh, John Wick, perfect example. Taken, Taken. That was meant to be straight to DVD. Yeah. But they released it in theaters and it did weirdly well. So they made two more. <laughs> yeah. It is a weird trend because the shared universe is so huge now as well. Well, in DC now, they're going the other way of not doing the shared Which universe. We've talked about awesome move. They, I think good they for them. need to do that. I don't think they've quite hit what's possible with that yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they're getting there. I think, I think we'll, I do genuinely think. If they stay committed to the idea, I think we can get some really fun, interesting DC movies. But we'll see, because I've read that they're trying to find themselves their own Kevin Feige, so I don't yes, know... Yes, they are. And they've, they've already talked about they want to do a sequel to Joker. Yeah. I think they want to keep Pattinson in to do another Batman for this, but they're also trying to like bring back Ben Affleck for something. And I, I, I still think they don't fully know what they want to do, but... Uh, I, I do know. I do like that they're leaning into the TV shows, and I think that's smart. Well, yeah, because they're even doing... Uh, there's going to be a Green Lantern thing. There's going to be a... Uh, Penguin. A, there's going to be Penguin, this this version of Penguin. Yep. And, that, and this thing right there, that's already the problem, because now they're already doing spinoffs of right. these things that were meant to be just one-off things. But anyway, anyway... That's not the Batman. That's not the Batman. We had a little tangent there about just uh, nostalgia and, and cultural sadness. Uh <laughs> Listen, this is a silly show. We find real things every now and then. Uh, the Batman. Let's let's dig into it. Do we do the feature presentation? We do, Stinger. I don't know. Do we, here it is. Here's here's half a second of it. And now. There it is. That's all you got. <laughs> yes. There it is. Yep. Plus we're it. we're in it. We're in it. The is the Batman. Uh, base review for Matt Reeves is the Batman. Base review. I I did really enjoy it. Okay. You really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I did. Okay. 
I have problems with it as well, which we can dig into. Yeah, yeah. That could have it could have made it better. Yes, I I would agree with you. Uh, but for the most part, there's a lot of okay. There's a lot of elements I really liked about this movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I think if they if they do another one and they pull these particular elements, yes, then I'll really really like the next one. Like I think it'll. It's never. I don't think gonna stack up to the Dark Knight. Probably not, but I, but I don't know. That's a different. But that could also be again. That could be nostalgia. I don't know. Well, that's also a different type of movie. It um, is because I I, I I I basically agree with what you said. I there's some stuff in this movie I liked, and honestly, I was I was generally just hooked for like the first half ish. Yeah, maybe a little less, but like the, when it was first going, I was like, okay, I think I'm actually digging this. No, there was definitely a shift, like right in the middle of the movie. Because it starts being like, oh, the movie doesn't quite know what it wants to do yet. and Because I think it was. There was a point where I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom or do something. And so I paused it and I saw there was still like an hour 20. Yeah. And I was starting to lose interest. And I was like, oh, okay. There's the problem. There's the problem with the old three-hour yeah. Batman movie. Yep, that's problem number one. <laughs> yeah. They really could have cut this down. Three hours is, is, is too long for this movie. I'm not saying you couldn't make a dope three-hour Batman, and I don't have a problem with three-hour movies if they're good. I literally re-watched The Irishman the other night, and I've seen that one already a couple times. Yeah. So clearly I don't have a problem with long-ass no. movies. This one, it there, just, was, there was no real reason to be that long. No, there's a lot of just kind of being around. My my buddy John Manley, I'll give him credit, because he kept saying that it's the most Batman has just kind of mingled because absolutely he's he's always just hanging out with he just kind of shows up places and is just there being batman i noticed that he uh, knocks on the door of the nightclub yeah and is just like i'm, I'm batman and i'm here <laughs> like and i'm like yeah this batman's just kind of like around just in the yeah. room with people more i thought about it too because i was like yeah he's he's just he's really just one of the crowd yes like when the cops are investigating absolutely which he's they, just there they kind of did that in the dark night when they're interrogating joker but this one, they just seem they seem so much more comfortable. Like they, they seem weird, but they're just like. But also, they wouldn't commit to the whether the cops trusted him or didn't. Right. They were they they weren't making clear whether this was the you know because there's always those eras of Batman where it's like he's kind of accepted by the police that he's like an agent of justice in Gotham. Yeah. But there's also there's always the part of it where he's the vigilante where everyone thinks like still... oh is Batman evil is he a, yeah. just a murderer you know out there you know taking justice into his own hands. This movie didn't decide where it was at you know and he's I know he's been I think this is set he's it's he's been Batman for two, two years yeah. they said he's been so yeah Batman for two years um things I liked about it uh it's it's very pulpy just n- very noir it starts yes that's very, the best way to describe it noir is perfect very noir the way it's shot it it looks great it's a great yep. looking movie um it, it starts with you know, this really moody voiceover. It feels like this. I was really excited because this was the first time that I feel like a Batman movie has been a noir movie and really leaned on the like him being a detective. Yes, that was a point I wanted to bring up. And they, they do. They do really just show his detective skills and just yeah. his, like investigating a crime. It's much more of a detective movie than any Batman movie has been. You know what I mean? So it, yeah, I, I liked that it it had that angle because that's always been a massive part of Batman. He's the world's greatest detective. You know what I mean? He he. His first appearance was in Detective Comics. Like it's, oh, absolutely. It's, it's and they've, always been. They've lightly touched on it in some of them. 
Yeah. But I, I But not to this extent. But I actually like that's the thing. So all my notes in the beginning are just stuff I love. Cause I even I even like the opening credits. They're just really simple. Just the the red on black, and it's just like, you know, DC, the Batman. And it was really simple, very blunt. Um you have this I just wrote cool reveal. I don't Oh the the great you have the the, the Nirvana song. Well no, it well so it opens remember with with the Riddler killing that guy. Yes. You have this this cold open with that and has this great which reveal of us him. Which crime, which is awesome. And know? him just waiting there for the guy, like a great reveal of that. It's and I wrote down. I literally wrote here, nice little cold open. Cuz it was. And then you get it's very pulpy, very noir. You get this this whole voiceover with montage from batman and then there's all this uh, all this montage of like criminals on the streets and them looking over their shoulder but here's also where i had a problem where it's like he's like they use the bat signal thing you know because then it makes the criminals think i'm in the shadows so they show these different groups of criminals all like look over their shoulder in the shadows but then he confronts this gang who are all like in you know like warriors <laughs> like face paint and they're like who's this freak right and i'm like so you're not that well now <laughs> yeah I haven't quite got to all the gangs yet. Because then he just walks out and just you know beats him up. But uh, I I, will, I do feel like too this is the first time in a while we've had like just good visible Batman fight scenes. Because even like a lot of the Nolan movies had a lot of kind of cutting around it a bit. Well, and I like too that he's kind of getting his ass kicked a little bit. It's it's very um, so much of this movie is very much uh, like the Arkham games, Arkham Asylum, Arkham yeah. City. It's that those. It's literally that fight style. It's very much like it looks like those fight scenes when you're playing that game. Um, it's also got like a hint of kind of the animated series a little bit, a very noiry Gotham City. Um, it's it's not trying to be like realistic. You know what I mean? Because we're we have like Nolan, like Nolan's movies have that hint of noir to them but his movies were very much just like what if batman was in the real world yeah and especially dark knights but particularly dark knight is just like what if this is a yeah. heist movie just batman happens to be the cop in it you know what i mean oh absolutely that's, this though is like this is the first time i feel this is the first time i felt like i was watching like batman well i think this one towed the line between nolan and the snyder batman because the snyder batman well, Snyder Batman is just so moody. Well, he's yeah, but he's the fights are very comic book like over the true, top. True, yeah. And then Nolan, you know, very realistic. This one's kind of in the middle. It kind of toes that line a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it was it was trying to like have some of that still like kind of uh, uh, like realism, but also being okay being like a, a comic book movie. It's also it's also it's not trying to not be a Batman movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where the the Nolan movies, particularly Dark Knight is not a Batman movie. You know, it, it is. It is in that it's great, but it's like, it's it's doing a different, it's doing a heist genre. Right. You know what I mean? Well, they, they like to explain everything as far yes. as his gadgets and how all of it works. They, they really want you to know, like, yeah, there's a one, real reason why this works. And that's and that's what is so great about those movies in particular, because yeah. it's, trying, it's trying to put Batman in the real world. And that's why those movies are great. This one, it was kind of fun of like, oh, we're going to live in... The pulpy the comic book. We're kind gonna, of. Yeah, we're gonna live in pulpy noir yeah. Batman, which so many of the comic books are. Um, you know, the video games are. The animated series is super noir. Well, yeah, they're just so like moody and just like Yeah. Um I like too yeah. that the first hour and a half, we barely see Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's it's pretty much it's a Batman show. Well, and then even too, Bruce Wayne is no different from Batman. This no. is 
this is so much like well, that's why i kind of like too that they're leaning into year two because i don't he hasn't found that balance yet of being bruce wayne no. at all no you see like at this point it's like really just being batman's kind of consuming his life absolutely and that's he's almost making it his job like yeah. actual job and he's he's neglecting anything bruce wayne at this everything point. Because even his relationship with Alfred is not... They, they show a point where... Yeah. But it's not there yet. Um, And I off of Alfred, I will say one thing I didn't like about this movie is I feel like, even though it's a three-hour movie, I feel like there was no development with Alfred. He's in like three scenes. No. But also the emotional like story of Batman is, is meant to like hinge on their relationship. We got to see no Alfred in this three-hour movie. Right, you think you, we'd build some character with There's, him because it's hard to care about him when you don't yeah. see him. It's like it, I will say, and I love Andy Serkis, but this is this is the least compelling version or the, the least interesting version of Alfred I've ever seen. Oh, they Alfred, made him, they made him such a side character. Yeah, Alfred's never particularly been compelling, but but he's he's always been a character you've really cared about, and even this one that. Um, I mean, I guess kind of spoilery. We'll get. Well, we're gonna start probably eking into spoilers here a little bit. We're not gonna go through the movie beat by beat, but. Um, but at a, when the bomb goes off, that there's some, a package sent to Wayne Manor, and Alfred's the one who opens it. It's meant for Bruce Wayne, but Alfred opens it, and it's an explosion. And I was, I was like, oh, are they going to kill Alfred in this one? I and thought I, for a second, too. I thought they were. But the main thing was, is I didn't really care. Yeah, it, wouldn't, I'm like, have, it wouldn't have affected me too I'm much. like, you did a bad job setting up your Alfred if I just yeah. ask, oh, does he die in this one? And then that's all I thought. So I think that's... Let's. I'm going to dive into one of the problems with this movie. Do it. I think they're trying to. They assume that people know too much. You know what I mean? That's kind of the they, new thing with superhero movies. Because they kind of, kind of assume like, that we all know who Alfred is and we all really care about Alfred. That, yes, it's that's. It's 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 interesting because that's a thing that some superhero movies embrace and it works, a la Spider Verse. Where the whole movie is just like you know who Spider Man is, yeah. So we're gonna play off that idea, right? But then you also, on the other side of the movie we've talked about, also Spider-Man, No Way Home, where kind of like I said, if you haven't watched a superhero movie in 20 years, you won't give a fuck about this movie. Yeah. If you're not a superhero person. That's the thing. You really need to know the world. So it's like, it, it's that's a really double-edged sword of like, it can it can be useful. You can do interesting things with it. You'd be like, fuck it. You know who Spider-Man is. Let's Spider-Man. Yeah. But also be like, oh, but surely you truly care about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. No, yeah. I don't. Not really. He's good no. in that movie, but that's not a thing for me. Yeah, and I think with this movie, if they want us to care about Alfred dying or potentially dying, we need to build somewhat of a relationship. Yeah. They, they should have shown some earlier... Him taking care of Bruce Younger, maybe? Just think, to... think about, off of your idea, think think about, by the end of this movie, you probably didn't think about Alfred at all. Think about how you felt about Michael Caine's Alfred at the end of Batman Begins. Where you're like, that's Batman's dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because <laughs> like, they, they kind of tried to hint at, at that in this, but they didn't the, They didn't do a very good job. They, to, they told us we were supposed to feel yeah. that way. Where, and, and like Batman Begins, when he like comes back to the burning Wayne Manor to save him, and he's like, you know, why do we fall down, Master Bruce? So yeah. we can pick ourselves back up. Yeah, and that's a, that scene hits you. You feel that. It does. Yes, exactly. Or um, even when he tells, you know, like, he tells, because this happens in all of them. Yeah. Alfred, you're not my father. Right. I didn't care so much when he told Andy Serkis. I cared way more when he told Michael Caine. No, because even, like, I don't love the movie Dark Knight Rises. I think it has a lot of problems. The scene when Alfred is like being like, I have to turn my back on you. It was like a, no, Alfred doesn't turn his back on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. No, Alfred. You that was feel it. Yeah. 
even though and even though I was just like that should I would I I didn't like it, but yeah, <laughs> but it was also like I'm like no, it was like that that had some weight to it exactly. You know, um, other things I do like. Um, you gotta you gotta crack another one. I'm gonna crack. Is that cool? Okay, yeah, go ahead. let me get in there quick. For you gotta turn that a couple times. What are you doing? Thank you. There you go. <laughs> oh, that one made itself known. Yeah, go do it. Good pour, my dude. Ooh, that one. Ooh, to the br- they get you. They make you they nervous. Do, they make you nervous. I get nervous every time we hard pour a beer into a pint glass. It does. Ugh. I get a little. It's like, <laughs> does this one have extra? Did they put extra on this one? Uh, other things I liked. Uh, Jeffrey Wright as as uh, Gordon. I I just honestly I just love I think Jeffrey just Wright. seeing him. Yeah, that alone. Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright uh, can do very little wrong in my eyes. I just think he's a, a just a wonderful actor. And even well, the stuff that isn't great, he's fucking great. His at. voice is just. He's got that voice, and also he's really playing. He's playing this as a noir character, which yeah. I really like. I really like the his. I'm like I'm like Jeffrey Wright knows what what the goal was for this one. Uh, he understood the assignment, as the kids say. <laughs> the kids do say they that. They do say it, and they won't fucking stop. And it, you shouldn't use it for everything. Um, and it was also at the it was a thing white people co opted too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I, Colin Farrell. As Penguin. So Megan didn't believe me at first. That it was Colin Farrell? Yeah. Really? Took her a hot second. Wow. You can see it in his eyes the most. If you know it's him, but if you didn't. But if you didn't know, that makeup is. And his performance. The the makeup. Fucking awesome. Those two things in tandem. His performance is amazing. It doesn't sound or have the vibe of Colin Farrell at all. No. And then that makeup is astounding. Well, they even put... Like they they shaved his head, yeah. put the bald, and then they put the hair on. They yeah. really spent some time yeah. on that no, makeup. It it's is incredible. It is astounding makeup work, and yeah, Colin Farrell's so so great in it. Uh, like I literally, my only note about him is "Holy shit, Colin Farrell!" Yeah, I because I, I I saw that and I'm like, oh, interesting casting choice. Oh, they're doing makeup, whatever. And then I saw it and I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> And he feels wow. like a Batman villain, like perfect. Yes, like, yes. He feel- right out of the comics, out of the comics, out of the animated series, out of the Arkham games. That's kind of where it's it's every 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 character in those versions of Batman are always just like, hey, there's no such fucking thing as the Batman. <laughs> it's always those guys, you know. Um, and <laughs> I was talking about with my friend John about how Batman just like walks into places, but when he shows up to the club because he literally knocks a door and then just like sneaks in, punches some guys. And then Penguin's just like, come talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like slams him into the glass. And then Batman like leaves. Oh, I love when he he plays him. He shows him like crime scene footage. And Penguin just goes, hey, don't show me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this hardened criminal is like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> and then when he leaves, and I love that conference. just like, okay, bye. <laughs> if you need anything. <laughs> Swing on back. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of Batman just like coming in and then leaving places. Uh, I will also say too, um, Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, I think for both playing pretty brooding characters, have pretty good chemistry. They have really good chemistry. They actually have really good chemistry for their- I've seen a few interviews with them and just in general, those two vibe- Really they, well. Well, they both seem weird. They're both weirdos, yeah. kind of, and they're playing weird characters. So I think I think it works for them. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is like Catwoman has a bit to do 
early on her first bit of involvement in the plot, she starts losing purpose kind of as the movie goes. Then she's kind of just there still. Yeah, and they kind of force her in then, like... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, that, that, the, yeah. They didn't need that arc. No. It was when, like they had to do it to keep her around. To keep her around. And when she when she first comes into the plot, it's it works. She serves a purpose. Yeah. She has she has her own goals that her and Batman need to team up together, but they both have kind of opposing goals for what they want. It works well. As the movie goes on and that plot kind of gets wrapped up like halfway through, then she is just kind of there and you get these little clues of like, she's willing to maybe kill or whatever. And it's like, I understand that's where Batman, Catwoman, where they differ. You know what I would have liked to have seen with her? Yeah. It would have been more fun if it would have been Batman investigating robberies she's doing as a way to introduce her. I'm sorry, sorry. Say that again. I was reading something. Say oh, you're again. fine. I'm no, so no, no, I'm so sorry. That's so good. Because no, then I heard some of your words, and I was trying to be like, "What did he just say?" And I'm like, "Just be nice and just ask yeah. him what he meant." Try to piece this together. Yes. Try to piece it together. Yeah, I'm not the world's greatest detective. <laughs> no, it, it, another way to set her up it would have been kind of cool since this is a three-hour movie. Yeah, is if he was investigating her robberies of like a a huge diamond at a museum or something like that. Yeah, or well, because they she first intersects with him because she's like stealing something and whatever but that's not really the point and it's not really needed. no because she's not really stealing anything she's no she's, she's trying kind to of get investigating some... she's getting yeah. information or right. whatever yeah yeah i don't know or i i i think it i think you still could have worked the way they did it but as it went on she was going rogue a little bit you know yeah. what i mean would have helped if like she was still involved with like him needing her help but she kept kind of going her own way. Because as it goes, he doesn't really need her help anymore. She's just there. Yeah, once he gets the information he needs. Yeah. Then, yeah, she. then they have to make that connection. Otherwise, she's kind of useless. Yeah, a little bit. A little it, bit. It's kind of how I felt. It. it um, I also wrote down here, uh, when he's alone with Alfred, he still talks like Batman. Yeah. He, he does. And it, which I know is the whole thing of like Batman's his real identity, which like that's not a new thing anyone's come up with. That's been around for so long. But um, I also I also have here uh, one. <laughs> I have two things here. One, he might be the the best of the gravelly Batman voices. I kind of think. Well, down, he's not really putting it on. Like that's the thing. But it's down here and it's gravelly. But it's it's not it's not because like listen, love the Nolan Batman's. One of the weaknesses is Christian Bale being like. <laughs> You know, where is he? Gets a bit silly. Yeah. This, I feel like the gravelly uh, worked. Yeah. You know? No, he just drops down and he's not. Yeah. It's not over the top. Um, I also like that the movie was not trying to be funny. It was because even the Nolan movies like have gags in them. You know, where they're kind of trying to like have like a joke. Uh, this movie's not trying to be funny, but it, it was also it wasn't joyless, though, either. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Snyder movies where those are just joyless slogs, you know? <laughs> They have jokes in them, but they're not good jokes. Yeah. And then the rest of it just has no joy to it. This movie does have, like, I think just a joy for the character. This, like, for the world. You know what I mean? Um, but it does. It does just, it just loses steam as it goes. Because even, too, they they wrap up the Riddler plot. And then there's, like, 30 more minutes of the movie of him then dealing with. Yeah, the, like, the aftermath the of after, the Riddler's plan. The Riddler's plot. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I know everyone's been like Paul Dano and it's like yeah he's in a couple scenes and he does his best he does his Paul Dano stuff, um, nothing didn't blow me away. It's like no he, he kind of just he, he kind of did his character from There Will Be Blood, a little, a little bit of his character when, from when Prisoners he, when he gets too. over the top you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of his thing is that screamy 
Yeah, and they and they make Riddler in this like very much a. I mean, he's very much a serial killer. Yeah, in this, and he also he has this like idea for a plan, and he clearly like has he like idolizes Batman and thought Batman would yeah, be like a like, part of I his. I did pl- like that. Part. That I found interesting. Yeah, because that kind of works with the Riddler a little bit. He's always been someone who like his his whole thing is he likes that Batman solve. Well, he hates that Batman solves his puzzles, but it's like he's the one man he wants to trick. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he loves the, it's the game, which is usually what kind of goes with Batman villains a lot. Is that they also kind of love Batman. You know. Um, and then I know we're already in spoilies, but this is the, the deep spoilers at the end. But also you, we get a little Joker cameo at the end. I think by now you've probably also heard of the deleted scene. I've seen it. Yeah, I saw it before I saw the movie. Yeah, I, saw I, did, the deleted too. Scene I did too. With Joker played by um, what's what's his nuts? What's his name? name? He was recently in the Eternals. Damn it! He's in the Eternals. He was in Green Knight. Uh, he was in he's in American Animals, which is a movie okay. I brought to you several times. I like I sounds like it sounds name. like a jugal. Uh, I just knew I knew his name, but now I just forgot it. Jugal.com slash Batman. Uh, Barry uh Keoghan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's credited as unseen Arkham inmate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot Peter Sarsgaard's in this for a second. John yep. Turturro is Carmine Falcone. Oh, that's right, because the whole you have the whole Falcone plot with Catwoman. But, yeah, that's that's wrapped up before the Riddler stuff wrapped up. So that you feel done with that. Yeah, and that seemed, that seemed slightly unnecessary. Just yeah. kind of tacked on, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, I, this, I think, could have been a real fun, I'll, I'll even say two-hour movie. Yeah. Could have been a fun two-hour movie. We didn't need the three. Didn't no. need the three hours. I think that hurt the movie quite a bit. I think I think it did because I because it, it, I love the vibe, the feel of this movie. Yes, I love the. I actually really like the costume. I thought his his bat suit was great. I like his bat suit. Um, the early version of the Batmobile is pretty badass. The way it looks, the way they use color, the the framing of it, the the the. I didn't realize too how much of it. Oh, so the the reason part of why it's looked, I, I watched a little bit behind the scenes. They did the same thing of the big instead of doing green screen, they did the big LCD screens like they do in the Mandalorian. Oh, where okay. it's the video backgrounds, which does make a difference. You you kind of don't realize it, but why that makes a big difference now and why it's becoming a bigger thing is because basically you can put the image of the background there, and so you're getting the same lighting color from the background on your characters. You're literally getting the background color onto your characters in the frame because that's where you always have the problem with green screen because you have to match the same color temperature from your in studio lights to your digital lights right when you do it with that then you don't just, have to you're like purely creating this lighting which is exactly. kind of weird yeah it's yeah. not natural but when you have it behind you and then you kind of have the background there and it's on your character so you can have so pretty much every shot where like arkham's or uh, where gotham's in the background that's an lcd monitor wow that's yeah. pretty wild yeah when I was watching it, I was kind of amazed at some of the shots they had that were those. I'm like, yeah. I'm like that's why the movie, I think, looks cool. Because then also, with, when you have that, too, you can kind of get that depth of field you don't always get from a like green screen image. Right. Because you're having this actual video element behind you that can be blurred, that, can, that has its own depth of well, field. And with- I think with green screen, no matter what you do... You're always going to slightly fall in that uncanny valley of it's just not. I mean, you can unless you have a great team behind it because obviously, like with Marvel movies, 
yeah. so much of it's green screened right. and, it, and it still works just because they know how to make it look good, you know? But, it, but yeah, I suppose, well, then you kind of have to have a billion dollar <laughs> yes. franchise yes. Which behind I mean, you. Which I mean, the Batman. So yeah. like, they weren't hurting for money, probably. No, I'm sure not. You know, um, but I, I I don't know. I, th- I think it helps when you're doing something that's meant to look lived in and rustic i think it helps because then it blends your character with the background a lot easier that's why i think it works for mandalorian because it's all desert and all beaten up interiors you know what i mean it's all it's all that's how star wars always kind of meant to feel in those in the original trilogy especially oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's very much in that era it's all post-war it's all dirty kind of western vibe and i think with this version of arkham it's like arkham is meant to really just i mean even too like they they go to quote the garden at one point which is you know meant to basically be madness in square garden but it's gotham garden i know know? it's so funny Um, how especially in this movie gotham is so just new york just new york in this one and that's why i think doing it that way helped too of just being like okay we're just we're in new york yeah because even like when they show like the scenes off the rivers it just looks so much like it just looks in new york and that was always a thing too with the the batman movie the the nolan batman movies that were always kind of tricky is because they they always shot in real cities but they shot in different cities for each one so Gotham never had its own feel. No. You know what I mean? It never felt... It didn't feel dingy enough. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah. I think you just didn't have that... Uh, how we always think of Batman is just dark and you know, yeah. in the shadows. And like, think about Dark Knight. A lot of Dark Knight is set during the day. It is, too. A lot of... Like, it's probably the brightest of... The, I mean, that and Dark Knight Rises are all, like, during the day movies. <laughs> Thinking about it now, hands down, the Nolan's Batmans are yeah. the most well-lit. Absolutely. I mean, because even like most lit, let's say, yeah, most lit. There you go. Because the Burton, you can have a dark scene that's well lit, but this the is the Bur- most lit. The Burton ones, almost. well, those, yeah, that has that full on, just like everything is gothic architecture. Yeah. That's that's the like the other end of the spectrum where it's like it's it's so pulpy. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I like that too. I'm not I'm not uh, talking down on it, but it's like it's not necessarily noiry. It's almost cartoon. You know what no, I mean? No, that one is that one's ripped out of comic books, and that's oh, what sure, that's sure. the feel he was going for. No, but the Nolan movies. Well, yeah, then like the first one of the Nolan movies was I think I think they maybe did some stuff in New York or maybe even like Vancouver. Uh, but then like is they, it most of it in Chicago? Or is no, that so, Dark Knight? So Dark Knight is like all the exteriors in in Chicago. Okay, um, and then Dark Knight Rises I think was mostly in Pittsburgh. Because that makes I, sense because the football team they have a dude from Steelers yep, on there. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, and uh, and the city just looks completely different, has a different feel to it, and uh, and that happened because uh, Chicago made it harder for people to shoot there, which made a lot of people leave Chicago, which would have been good for that city for movies to shoot there. But they, hey, why not? Yep, 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 yep. Illinois is good at making things easy for people. Uh, I just know because I lived there too, and I was going to film school and was like working in film, and I'm like, man, be great if Chicago kept getting productions because you know what a nice thing to jump on. I knew a lot of people who worked on the Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's really it for my notes. Yeah, as as a story, I kind of enjoyed the um, yeah, just Batman trying to chase down a serial killer. I it was fun. It was a, a much different take than yeah, we've seen. Like, it like, was it was almost less superhero-y than most yeah. of what we've seen, which is nice. And that's why I liked it. Is it just kind of felt like a, a it felt like a noir detective yeah. movie. He was basically just chasing a mega serial killer. Yeah, he's only the Riddler because we know him as the Riddler. And yeah. the question marks like we have this cultural you know uh, uh, weight to put on it, but really, 
it's just like he's just chasing it kind of it felt like seven almost a yeah little bit, you there know? you go kind of that vibe but in you know i also say it's probably the most like color palette wise the most kind of david finchery movie too maybe that's what matt reeves was going for um and I generally like Matt Reeves because he's the one who, he did the the Planet of the Apes reboot movies. Yeah, those were at least the second two. I don't think he did Rise, but he did Dawn and War. Um, yeah, you can see that. There's definitely a yeah a shift in that when they go to the he next did, two. I think it's he did Cloverfield. Was okay. I think his first movie? I think was it may not have been his first movie, but I know it was like one of his first. Yeah, you can kind of see his tone things. in movies. Oh, absolutely, though. Yeah, you see the, for sure. You see for the sure. color palette he yeah, likes. Yeah, you see, absolutely. The framing he likes, the aspect ratio he likes. Absolutely. No, I can see all of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it. Yeah, I don't know. I came out of it being like, oh, that's that's the Batman, but it was. I think just a little too long. A little too long. More of the elements I enjoyed was. Batman was more human in this and that he got knocked out numerous times. <laughs> That's true. Which we don't really see, you know? You know, he, uh, he he gets covered in mud and at one point, you know, again, spoiler, we're already in spoilies, uh, you know, uh, Gotham gets partially flooded, so it's technically a wet movie. <laughs> he <laughs> does fall in some water. Falls some water. The whole end is about the Madison Square Garden flooding, so... This still works as a wet film. This is a moist movie. We will always connect the moist parts. That's, again. Always. Yes, we will. There's a theme to the show, and it's been from the beginning, and we're sticking with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but it's when, honestly, when it gets to that point is when I started being like, okay, we can. We already caught Riddler. Yeah. We don't need this. It's kind whole, of a uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King situation. Yes. yes. Uh, it, it didn't quite know how to end. It's got like three different endings there was like three different climaxes to the movie but you're like but we but especially like well especially especially where it feels like return of the king is when he's talking to catwoman again it's like yeah let's go well this movie felt over three times well exactly and the biggest climax is the catching riddler and wrapping that plot up and then there's like two more endings after that 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 are spread over like 30 minutes i'm like no we already you already did the biggest climax we're waiting for just do that they could have ended it with the Riddler part because that was a good scene where he thinks he's caught as Batman. You know? Oh yeah, he th- he thinks the Riddler knows that he's Bruce yeah, Wayne because he talks and, to, yeah. he talks to uh, Gordon and he's like, "This could be the end." But he was Batman. but he was just trying to kill Bruce Wayne yep. and he thought Batman. Yeah, yeah. Um, the deleted scene of the Joker they released, I like that better than Joker's actual presence in the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's at the end and just kind of they're kind of talking to themselves. Also, like, don't put those two next to each other. Don't just leave their doors like partially open so they can chat. Yeah, what are you doing? This is Arkham. Like- this is Arkham. <laughs> but what? But whatever. Uh, but they chat and they kind of just have the same giggle and are, they kind of become the same character at the end. There, I'm like, eh, okay, shows you how it was this- a lame way to try to sneak the Joker in. Yes, and I would have preferred the other one where because I liked in that deleted scene actually where Batman goes to him because he goes to him to be like hey I'm trying to fit you're the you're the first psycho I caught yeah and I'm kind of silence of the lambing I'm Hannibal lectoring you into helping me that's way more fun I need a psycho's point of view and then you get this idea of their history and the Joker loving that he needs his help and you get to see kind of how scarred he is like I thought that was more fun as just a taste of being like oh I've already caught the Joker that's how I kind of earned my my merit as you know, earned my medal as as Batman. 
Which is funny in a three-hour movie they decided to cut that scene. Cut like, that what? Scene. That's a good one. That's yeah. Because I, I watched that deleted scene. And I was like, that's actually kind of cool. That is pretty. I cool. usually hate like little cameos like that. I thought that was kind of a interesting way to introduce him as almost like a Hannibal Lecter figure well, in the Batman universe. Because no one's done that with Joker really. And that would be a great way to use the character without use having character to put him in a differently. movie. Without yeah. just having to be like, how can we top Heath Ledger? Because sorry, it's gonna be very hard to do. It's gonna be you, you. The fact that we've already had, I know people. Some people are gonna say like Joaquin Phoenix. When Joaquin Phoenix did a good job, but that didn't feel like Joker. Joker to me, that no, felt like a different that's character. Just, it's not. That's I'm a sorry. It's I thought not. He, I thought he was great his in it. Performance. Yes, his performance is great. That movie's fine. His performance is great in it. That, but that could have not been the Joker. No. It still would have been a great movie. That felt like an adaptation kind of thing. But like my Jokers, my main two Jokers are Mark Hamill and Heath Ledger are my main two. Ooh. I know Nicholson's a big one too, and I love Jack Nicholson. But also that Joker is Jack Nicholson. You know what I mean? But yeah. for me, my mine are mine are Mark Hamill and and Heath Ledger are my Jokers. I wish they would just let Mark play a live action. <laughs> it would be interesting if you do an old Joker now. Yeah, but yeah. If they ever do. No, that doesn't work either. I was thinking the... But his performances in the Arkham games, I are, think, are so good. Oh, my God. Are so incredible. fucking good. He takes his animated series and, and just... When I first found out it was him it. voicing that, I was just blown away. Yeah. So those are my Jokers. So it's like you already have these... You already have all these iconic performances tied into the Joker. So... And they're always kind of done the same way as, you know, the Jokers. He's an well, agent of and chaos just, and blah, blah. There's no reason to, to do the Joker in that way. As as the main villain, yeah. we've yeah. had it. We've had it. We've had it, and we've had great versions of it. And there's only so many times you can do it. You know what I mean? Especially because Batman has such a great roster of villains, and everyone keeps getting hung up on like the same four. Yeah, they don't want to. They like the Court of Owls would be quite a yeah a fun thing to do. Well, that's in one of the games coming up. Yeah, the Court of Hours. Court of Owls. Court of Hours. Court of Hours. Oh, they're doing the cart of ours in the next <laughs> the next Batman Arkham game. Yeah, or I always thought too, if you want to do a serial killer plot, like do fucking Calendar Man. Yeah. Because he's literally a, a serial well, killer. And with that's the, kind of what this movie it, this one kind of blends the long Halloween. It kind of does. Yes, it does. Kind it of. blends those two. This the thing. And then like Hush is a cool character. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like there's all these that and that's where I guess where too I said like it kind of felt like the Arkham games. It felt like Arkham City, the game. Like it felt yes. like it the felt way like, the city was set up. And then even too that it floods, I'm just like, oh, that's the flooding of old Arkham, you know, yeah. what I mean? or the of old Gotham, because that's old Gotham is the flooded part of the city. And then you know, in that game, even I would like to see, yeah, them actually make a movie about the Arkham game, mm-hmm. but it can't be this movie because this is a little bit too reality based. I don't see, you know, Killer Croc in this. Yeah. No, universe. I, I think I've I've thought that ever since I played like Arkham Asylum, if you just did an adaptation of that. Yep, standalone. And, and that's because that, that game's so moody, but still, it's weird. Those games ride such a specific line where they literally, because they take the animated series voice cast. Like they literally do, they're like, what if the animated series had a little more murder in it? <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> no, I can get behind this, and it fucking works. Like I, those games those are, are so good. Some of my absolute favorite. Games. The first, I mean, the first, first two, two. Of these. Arkham yeah. Asylum, Arkham Origins is okay, but it's a different company. It's just, it's it, just basically you re- can you. It feels different. Well, it's just it's also just reskinned Arkham City because they basically yeah. just did that game again, same plots, different characters, um, and then Arkham Knight. I believe I got an hour and a half into, and I gave up on, and I 
the the Batmobile in, in the, that game is so fucking dull and it's so annoying. Annoying because they make you do missions with it. And then I found out the reveal of the story too, and then it made me less interested to to spo- spoiler spoiler for Arkham Knight the game. Uh, it's just under the Red Hood. Yeah, and it's like well I've I know yeah, and that was kind of annoying. It's like don't do that. We I don't know do, do under the Red Hood then because that's better. It's so much but, better. Like, do that. <laughs> um. Yeah, no. What what I want Batman to be, and I've wanted this for a long time. And this, and I'm not, I'm not even taking full credit for this. I remember a video, or I think I read something about this. Someone said this would be a great idea, like kind of post, like what to do with Batman post Nolan, right? And I liked it, the idea then, but then when they then did the Zack Snyder stuff, and then now they've started branching off. I'm like, yes, now it's time to do this. And I think I've mentioned it to you before too, but like, do Batman like it's James Bond? Different actor, different director, different vibe. Doesn't matter. We know, because now, like you said, we know who Batman is. We know who the characters are. Give me give me a bunch of different adaptations. This was a great yeah. pulpy noir one. No, this was a yeah, this was a good plus. We didn't have an origin story. We don't need an origin yeah. story for nope. Batman. Nope, we don't. We don't. It's always there. We know what happened. When they keep doing that, because we didn't need one for Man of Steel. We did not need that. Nope. It is Superman. Nope. Everybody fucking knows who Superman is. Well, that they were trying to do like a full reboot and build their universe and blah, blah, blah. But now that, that DC's kind of like, all right, we can't just sprint to what Marvel did because Marvel did it over, yeah. you know. I think they're figuring that out. Yes. Thankfully. Because there's yes. so many good characters in DC and I Absolutely. love DC. I, oh, no, I love DC characters. I, I think, I, and I actually prefer DC comics reading them over Marvel. I no, I'd agree, and I, I think a lot of your DC characters are actually more compelling than a lot of Marvel characters because Marvel characters tend to be, here's a superhero. I'm going to give them one f- flaw to kind of ground them a little bit, but they're basically just going to be a superhero who believes in doing right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what a lot of them are. You have obviously you have ones that take off, but and even though a lot of people do might think of like, oh no, but this character, blah blah, blah but it's like. But their initial inception was, this is my hook, here's my one thing that grounds me, and then rinse, repeat. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. It's just kind of... Uh, DC's just weightier. Their their characters have a lot more depth I mean, I think them. they can. Like, cause also, like, Superman, Superman is also a very cartoony character, and that's why I hate everyone keeps trying to make him so brooding. Yeah. And it's like, no, he wears fucking bright blue and red and yellow. Well, and yeah, that's the one character it. you don't do that with. No, quit. That's the thing. That was the one, like, watching Man of Steel. I'm like, this is so miserable, and it's yeah. Superman. It's not, <laughs> like, no. You know? But, like, I would also, I would, honestly, I would love to see. Or, like, are you going to say Injustice? I wasn't going to say Injustice, oh, but okay. Injustice is a fun storyline. No, I was going to say, like, how fun would it be if you did, like, a big budget modern version of, like, fucking Adam West Batman. Yeah. Like, yeah. How fun would that be? Which I know is honestly kind of do with like Lego Batman is a little bit that, but it's set in like the Lego world too. But like, what if you what if you did that? What if you did It'd be an interesting What if you did silly now, Batman? Is it set in the sixties or modern time? I think you kinda do where it's you know, kinda how you can kinda get away with Gotham where it's like you don't really know what year it is. Sure. Kinda like the Burton movies, because they don't really yeah. like no, well, that that, that city doesn't exist in our world yeah, anywhere. No. You know what I mean? In any time, really. Um, yeah, I don't know, but like, I don't. Know. Yeah, if you if you did something like that, it'd be interesting because you could cast a very off the wall person to play Batman. Or honestly, I would even just, which is where I, you know, I already said Lego Batman. Kind of have Will Arnett. That's do what it. I mean. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> just have Will Arnett live action do the shitty bat the like the blue suit where it ba- like it's just it's just fabric over his head does joker have a mustache 
oh that'd be great as a do do the the Cesar Romero mustache with makeup over it that would actually be great yeah I don't know shit like that Maya Rudolph as Catwoman yeah mic drop come on come on I don't know you like do stuff like that like get weird with it you know what I mean yeah because like, yeah. no, don't hold back. And, There's no reason. It's it's just and I, have fun with absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I know we've talked about this shit before too, but even like, like and like we just talked about Joker. Joker, like the movie was fine. It's exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Literally, beat for beat, exactly what I thought it was gonna be when I saw the trailer. I'm like, yep, this is what the movie's gonna be. Right? It was fun though to see someone just do a version of a character that wasn't really linked to any comic book. It wasn't linked to really any other movie. It was just an idea about a character. And that was the thing I liked about it. And then they immediately were just like, I think we're going to do a Joker too. I'm like, no, no, no. Guys, don't ever touch this one again. No, no. And now do you, that. you'll never get back to where you were. Yeah. Do fucking, do fucking Gotham by Gaslight where it's Batman, but it's in the 1800s. Oh, there's so many options. Do that. They did those ones. They they just did an anime a couple years ago that was, that was Batman, but it was set in samurai times. Yeah. And him and Joker, they were fucking samurai clan <laughs> leaders. And I'm like, that's fucking rad. That sounds cool as shit. There's like, just so much you can do that with it, like room you, to play. Like you can't really do that in Marvel movies. And I know they have like what if and stuff, but like also those characters don't really work that same way. No. Characters like Batman and Superman, they do feel so weirdly timeless that you can kind of just drop them wherever you want and Fuck, play do, with them. Do Superman Red Sun where do he Red lands. Sun. We're in, in Russia, Soviet and, Russia. Yeah. yeah, do or yeah, like Kenny said, justice too. Like, do the version of of Superman where he becomes a tyrant, which I already know that's part of Watchmen and that's part of uh, the boys, well, they, you know, and that's yeah. uh, fucking. Well, they kind of did that in the Snyder one too. And they did that in that one too. Well, the yeah, nightmare sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever. That's the thing, but it didn't. It didn't actually happen. It was a way to do it without doing it because <laughs> cowards. Uh, <laughs> You know, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, I hope DC. I was about to say get their shit together, and I don't. I, I don't mean that, but it's like I hope they find the strike because I, th- I think they're getting there with things like Joker, with things like the Suicide Squad, the new one, um, and things like the Batman. I didn't love any of those movies, but I appreciated what was a- attempting to be done. Yeah, they're not. Trying to well, a copy Marvel, which we've talked about a hundred times. They, well, they you tried can't. too hard. They tried to do that. You can't. Yeah, literally, when they recut fucking Justice League, they were trying to make it more like the Avengers. And well, it's they, like, and they tried to reverse engineer it, which was a terrible idea. Yes, too. absolutely. You can't do it that way. Yeah. It's you can't. You can't just start with everyone and then be like, now here are their origin stories. No, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. We've established these characters. Move on. Move the fuck on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's. I mean, but I think this right here, though, this reaction is what I have to pretty much everything, pretty much everything DC. It makes me just kind of go like, I don't know. And <laughs> but I'll, but it's also it's kind of my my non. I was about to say non MCU superhero movies, but honestly, kind of all superhero movies right now because even even MCU because like Endgame, like we talked about before, was kind of like my ending for it was me. The, it was the pinnacle for sure. Yeah. So now, kind of everything makes me go like, yeah, I guess do that. Yeah. And I guess I'm I 
Because I'm not a person who's just like, man, I'm so fucking done with super movies. No, like, I think they can be cool and they can be, like, they're characters I grew up loving and grew up pretending to be and reading the comics and having the toys. So, like, I'm not going to pretend like I don't have connection to these characters because I do. But every movie just kind of makes me go like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Sure. I think, except for something like Into the Spider-Verse, which I will stand by, I think is a perfect movie, actually. (laughs) I love that movie. Well, speaking of animated, I think something DC should do is start adapting their old animated into live action because their animated shit is the best. But those animated things are just because they're kind of straight adaptations of comics. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's... It'd be, it'd be fun I, to see that. I, but I do think you'd have you'd lose a little something in translation going to live action. I think it just happens. I think I think it's a thing yeah. no one truly accounted for. It's like I think why Marvel found a formula to work is because they found like, oh, here's here's literally the formula, and then they made everyone do it for every movie after. Because you don't really have any like we we talked about this recently. Like you don't really have like director control much anymore in the you know, there's no auteurs in the Marvel universe. No. Because the ones that are, people like Edgar Wright, who like, here's my idea for Ant-Man. They're like, eh, it's getting a little too weird. You got to go. Yeah. You know? No, you have beats that you have to follow. Yeah. You have you have architects. You have people overseeing it, like yeah. the Russos and John Favreau and you know, Joss Whedon in the beginning. But it's like... It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't about a style thing, and that's why I'm. I'm worried about like uh, uh, Doctor Strange because I know Sam Raimi's doing it, but like it, nothing I've seen makes it look like a Sam Raimi movie. Not yet. No, I haven't seen anything that. I'm worried there won't be anything in it that'll look like a Sam Raimi movie. You know, oh, there's got to be one I, one cutscene. I hope there's some weird zooms and like in Spider-Man Two when Doc Doc is yeah in in the hospital. That's... Yeah, where Spider-Man turns into Evil Dead Two for a second and it's perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. yes. Yeah, one of the greatest mo- scenes ever. I, I love that scene. Oh, it, it's it, perfect. When I first saw it, I was just like... That that scene is like the best Sam Raimi movie ever. Yeah. Like, it's so good. I mean, aside from like Evil Dead 2. Cause Evil Dead 2 well, because they even perfect, have like but... a bone saw, like a chainsaw, and yeah. it's just like... A bone saw. You called it a bone saw. I did. Bone, bone saw is ready. I said that to Jess the other day. We're getting ready to go somewhere. And I said, bone. I, I, I think I just said it in my normal voice. I said, bone saw is ready. And she goes, who is what? What now? I was like, oh, bone saw. I'm like, is. And then like just having to explain it quick. I'm like, it was, it was from Spider-Man, but it's Macho Man Randy Savage. But he's not playing himself. He's playing a character called bone saw. And it's when Spider-Man's wrestling. Let's just go. We should go. <laughs> we should go. Because, as previously stated, uh, Bonesaw is ready. Look around. You ain't going nowhere. I think we've done what we've come to do. I believe so. Do you have any closing thoughts on the Batman? The only one. The 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 one Batman. This one Batman. This one. The. This, is, this is Batman. I still... No, I still liked it. Yeah, I like. I, I really like the direction they were heading. If they can rein it in, if they do another one, yeah, I think it'll be really good. I don't know where you go from here, though. That's the only problem. Here's the problem. I think the next one is looky, looky. It's the Joker. I think is the next one. No. I think that's the curse of the. I, I, that's one of. The, I, I know. I know. Bit, and that is that is. It's one of those things where it's like it's kind of like the same thing with Star Wars. Is where Star Wars is kind of always stuck under the weight of Luke Skywalker, like this, like Luke yeah. Skywalker and Darth Vader. Where it's like it's a literal universe and you can do anything in it, but we can't get away from Luke Skywalker. I think a little bit with Batman, one of the the yeah the you know. Well, and the, I worry, I worry with the sequels, the studios get a little pushy, and they're like, we have to have 
a joker. Here's we've been reading the the forums and the tweets and the the nerds want the joker again. One one more again. And that's the worst part because if Matt Reeves says I'm not doing the fucking joker, well then he's gone. There's a good chance. You know what I mean? There's and then a, yeah. And then the whole movie changes cuz that's it. Like his movies are a mood. And if he's gone, it's not going to feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I don't I, know. So I would actually, I would actually love to see the next version of like the next Batman movie to not be this. And I liked Robert Pattinson. I'm not like shitting him on him or anything. Like I just think it would be really fun to start a precedent of just like here's just Batman adaptations. I don't, I don't want a Batman universe anymore. I'm kind of done. I'm done with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think we need sequels. No. I there's don't. too, there's too many awesome stories. Yeah. And I don't think you can do them continuing on from a story. Yeah, they need to be no. standalone. I I would I would much rather see. I would love to a, see a one where Batman and Damien are having issues and have a little uh, father son yeah. drama. That do be that fun. or like uh, um, honestly, like you brought up Killer Croc before. I'm like, go go the other way from this one. Yes, the get, next movie get is very comic book. Do give her get someone get someone fucking buff. Get fucking Alan Richson. To play Batman. Yeah. And have him chase down fucking Killer Croc in the sewers of Gotham. Just the whole movie. Fucking sewers. Doesn't come, that kind of sound like a badass movie? Come across the fucking owl. The the Court of Owls. Court of Owls. The, yeah. You can do some you can do some some Batman-y stuff. Yeah. Poison Ivy shows up because she's a real over-the-top character. Have that be your characters in that one. Have Poison Ivy, Killer Croc. Get get weird with it. Do the overtime. Yeah. Fucking throw some goddamn Clayface in. Ooh, we've never had an adaptation of Clayface. Not in the movie. I would love that. And he's great in the Arkham game when they use him. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. God, that'd be a good character because he could start out as an ally who's helping Batman by morphing into people he needs to get intel. Yeah. And then maybe turns or the opposite way. You know, he's bad at first, then he becomes an ally. I don't know. I love it. Oh, I want movie. I want Clayface. But do do something like that. Have a have an absurd movie like that. Do another weird like villain takeoff movie kind of like they did with Joker, but just give someone give someone a movie. Just be like, "Make me make me a fucking Mad Hatter movie." You See, know? And that'd be another fun. Make me, you know, B- Batman versus Man Bat. Do that one. You yeah, know? we haven't Fo- seen Man Bat either. There's too many characters they Give haven't used. Give me Heart of Ice, the 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 Doctor Fre- the the Mister Freeze movie or the episode of the animated series where it gives you because Mister Freeze used to be a joke character and they did this amazing fucking episode of him. Do that episode. Do that. Just do that. Batman was barely in it. It was mostly Mister Freeze. Give me that movie. Have the have the fucking guy who plays Noho Hank play Mr. Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably be great on it. He'd be fantastic. He'd have to be serious. You and he was funny. already associated with the Batman franchise. He was? Played Victor Saz in the Gotham show. Oh, in the show. See, I never yeah, really show I never really watched Gotham. I never yeah. watched Gotham. I Which I, has Donald Loke. That's keep bringing it back. Can I be honest? The only, the only reason I ever watched episodes of Gotham is cuz Donald Loke knew played it. Harvey Bullock. <laughs> yeah. It was it was the only reason I started. <laughs> and then the show wasn't good enough for me to keep watching, but I was like I was like Donald Logue as Harvey Bullock, I'm 100% on board, and I'm going to watch. Hey, he killed it, though. And I like Ben McKenzie as a, as a young Jim he Gordon. Did, I thought that was a great job. choice, too. You know, I thought job. that was a really great choice. But the show, I mean, it's a it's a big-budget network show. It didn't know what to do. It didn't know what to do with itself. Wasn't it CW, too? 
No, it was NBC. No, it was no, it was Fox. It was on Fox. Fox. Yeah, it was on Fox. But no, it just it didn't have the right mood. They maybe I think they moved to the CW because they they weren't getting the ratings they needed for Fox. I think I it moved know. to CW. But it just didn't it didn't have the right feel. I didn't like the kid playing Bruce Wayne a whole lot. No, they it was and he, it, like they should have uh, backed off on his art. This my point exactly, but like what I just said about Star Wars. Yeah, you can't Joker. get away from them. Because once they introduce Batman, they're like, "But it's still gotta be a Batman show." It's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, because then too, then they brought in the Joker and they brought in like I understand like Penguin being like a background character, but they brought in every character in the Batman universe. I'm like, no, I wanted I wanted a cop procedural set in Gotham. Yeah, and it was supposed to be a gangster crime show. It immediately and it became a superhero show way too hard. Yeah, too fast. It became a Batman show. It's again, that's that's the problem with these classic characters. And I think why they get so scared is because they're crushed by the weight of the legacy of these characters. I just thought of another character I want do to see. Do it. Solomon Grundy. Interesting. Give me Grundy. What would you do with a Grundy movie? That'd be so, how do and you fight And you call him? it Grundy. You just got to call it Grundy. How do you fight him? Yeah. What do you do? God, what would that character fun. be? Who would he be? The Rock is Solomon Grundy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What if you even fucking did it as like an origin story? Because isn't he from like the early 1900s originally? That would be so. That would be just do that movie way out there. That'd be awesome though. Or give me give me a fucking Ra's al Ghul movie that's just about now that, that they the, can easily do that. Absolutely, this character who fucking goes into the Lazarus Pit and is reborn and becomes this the head of the dragon. Well, and he's also like why he's all about, like fine with killing people and stuff is because he's he's been around for so long. He knows that the, the he's kind of the Thanos of uh, a little bit. He knows the present. He wants to wipe out, you know, but it's always for this greater good. To That's what just, I mean. Yeah, to destroy, he's to wipe out, to destroy so. for what comes from the rubble. But also, he's been around for so long. He no longer like is connected with humanity. He's, Boom. He's interesting. Kinda, he's kind of like a millionaire. <laughs> Yeah, just lost all touch of reality. Yeah, he's just a rich guy. Uh, I mean, not all millionaires. Listen, if you're a millionaire and you want to donate to the show, yes, <laughs> then we're not talking about you. We love you. Yeah, you're great. <laughs> Listen, eat the rich, except for you. <laughs> Smooch the rich if it's you. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to think of other characters real quick. I know I'll, we'll probably cut some of this out, but I'm just trying oh, to think. Right. Of, yeah. I'm just Take trying to think time. of other other good adaptations that might exist out there. I mean, like I know they've already done the Scarecrow, but even like the Arkham version of Scarecrow, where it's like sends him on these like truly fucking trips. Yeah, let's see it like a tripping scene where he's not just for a second. Where it's not just a seeing something in front of him, but it's like he's transported to a different world by this this you know uh, this drug. Um, no, they. If they could just take one of the games and adapt as much as you can for a movie, it would help so much. Now, this is a left field pitch. Now, I'm thinking, what if you did like a workplace comedy, but set in Arkham Asylum? <laughs> just like a half hour. Uh, it's like you do like a mockumentary, like too. single camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Aaron Cash is the lead. Right, he's the he's the guard who's got the hook hand because Killer Croc ate it. So he's he's your he's your main he's like the straight man of the show. He's the way it follows. And he's got to deal with all these fucking zany characters. 
It would be fun. I would watch it. He's got it. Because he's got to talk to the Joker all the time. And the Joker's just, you know. Just always fucking with him. Always Always. Always fucking with him. But over time as the show builds, like, they kind of also become friends because, you know. It's very very Jim and Dwight. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it is. There's, like, cute moments every so often. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's got a will they, won't they thing with Poison Ivy. <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, he can't because he's a guard. But it's like also, and it's like, does he have a thing? Or it's like, is the pheromones? It's like a whole, th- it's a whole yeah. thing there. Is right? it real? Is it real? Yeah. You know, you got the, he's like, he doesn't know what to believe. You know, you yeah. got the other guards. Some of them can be quirky. One will be played by Sherry Shepard. Uh, <laughs> I feel like him and Mr. Freeze are tight. And he gives them popsicles. Yeah, him and Mr. Freeze, like, they get each other. That's who he goes to for counsel. Like, yeah. when he needs actual when counsel. He, when he wants to vent, he goes there. Yes, he goes to Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze gives him that good, blunt advice that he needs. You know what I mean? Because Mr. Yeah. Freeze gives it without emotion. But that's why sometimes he needs to go to, like, the Joker. Because he he also needs that hyper-emotional, you know, uh, advice. You know what I mean? Hugo Strange is the psychiatrist there. He hasn't quite turned evil yet. But he does evil bullshit on the side. But he's just eccentric. He's yeah, just super. Kind of, he's yeah. just super weird. Uh, F. Murray Abraham. Just going to fucking see that. <laughs> yes. You beat, I don't you know beat why. me to I it. I don't know why. I had a feeling you were going to pitch F. Murray Abraham to play Hugo Strange. <laughs> he would be a great choice. Yeah. He would be a great choice. Have him play it kind of silly too. Have him play oh. it kind of like his character from uh, from Mythic Quest. Yes, that's, that was kinda, my exact have thought. Him kinda, yep. Have him kind of play it like that. He's not evil yet, but he's weird. You're not quite sure what he's up to at all. Uh, yeah. So okay. So this is our show. This is our show. Is the the, the let's work. get writing and let's get it to someone. Because and every now you have like Batman shows up every now and then, and here's the thing: he just kind of stresses everyone out. Yeah, he's just kind of a dick. Because he's he's so blunt, he's so, and yeah, he's, he's so, so serious, and he's so brooding, and he's always got a whole mystery he's trying to unravel, or he's bringing someone in, or whatever. Well, and, and I like, want his dialogue to just suck. I want the guard to be like, "Hey, Batman, you solving any good crimes lately?" No, I get no joy out of solving these crimes. Yeah. <laughs> and just oh, like a big bust though. Like you got the Joker again. Just like yes, and he keeps escaping from your asylum. All right, all right. And then, yeah, we need our yeah. guy to be really awkward to be like, well, yeah, because you have one guard who's always really—he's a big—he's a Batman super fan, yeah. so he's really trying to suck up to Batman, right? <laughs> and then you have breakout every now and then. Every now and then, there's like a massive breakout because they always happen. Well, it happens, yeah. They, so like that's the thing. So you even have the Joker, and then eventually, like you know, Aaron Cash like goes to his room. And he's like, Fuck, the wall's blown up again. God damn it, guys, you know. <laughs> Who do you have? Oh, you know who you have to play Aaron Cash. Who the fuck? It the guy who um he was he was Morpheus in the new Matrix. He was in Candyman, that new one. Yeah, doesn't he? He looks like that character from Arkham. <laughs> I think he could pull it off. He might be able to do it. Yeah. Or if not, if you want to go a totally different vibe, get like Sam Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> but I would go a little more stern. Yeah. On, on Aaron Cash. I go a little more stern. So I like that guy for it. This could be a good HBO Max show. It would be great because HBO they, Max Because they could throw some great cameos in. Absolutely. You know, Peacemaker could pop in, Idris Elba. In this version of the show, Peacemaker, Peacemaker exists in this show. Absolutely. This, he works in this Because this show. is definitely that vibe. This is, this is sillier. You can have crossover with, with yeah. the Suicide Squad in this one, this version. So we have to pitch this the gun then. Because James Gunn's all DC now, he's he's in. That's true. He's well, he's still doing Guardians three. I know, but after that, he's it's out. Coming. He's out. He's, he's, it sounds like he's the he's a new DC architect. And they're yeah. they're kind of letting him do what he wants, and what he's wanted so far has worked. 
Absolutely. Because I didn't watch the Pizza Burger show, but I know people liked it. But... I did watch it. Did you like it? I did. It was a little over the top sometimes, you know, with some of their way they portray the peacemaker character. That's which... the thing. I, I'm okay with, like, when I started seeing some of the cartoon stuff, I'm like, ah, I get it and it's fun, but I'm like, I just, I can't stop envisioning him as the villain from the Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Which he doesn't leave that. I mean, right. You still kind of hate him throughout the show. You're kind of just like, dude, you're such a fucking dick. Well, yeah, because he's this over the top, like, I love peace so much I'll murder for it kind of deal. Yeah. But, um, boy, I'm really hung up on our Arkham sitcom. Oh, I'm I know. Really, I'm really, ugh. a tight 25. Yeah. Yeah. Just a good, a good, just a good sitcom yeah. set in Arkham Asylum. You can have all the characters you want. Oh, just so Come many fun cameos. Uh, I'm writing a spec script, brother. Oh, this is... It'll be so much fun. I love this. I love this idea. Oh. I genuinely love it. It's a, and here's the thing. It's a terrible idea, but I also think it's but a great think idea. every episode you could focus on one villain and the fun stuff, and then yeah, kind of there. slightly overarching story. Well, because you have some villains who are just there generally, like who are just around. Because you could have... Well, you you got to have your base... Yeah, who are always there, and then you'll have your rotating. The other ones who yeah who get brought in and out, right? Who are just kind of there, um, and you could really do like some of the lower tier ones are the ones who are there all the time, like Calendar Man or Zaz. Or Zaz is a little intense. He, Zaz might be a, a, a here. He might be a, a recurring, but not quite a, a main cast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like Riddler is a great choice for that. Uh, I don't think you want Joker in every episode. Oh, Joker could be in every episode. He could be. He could be just that. And I think you have this set right after Harleen Quinzel turned. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's So she's Harley Quinn now. And you have this whole thing. Like the whole thing. It's like maybe that's part of it in the first episode. They're so like, all right, just as a staff, we need to talk. Maybe you, we need to crack down on you guys socializing with the prisoners because of what happened to Dr. Quinzel. Yes. Because uh, she's crazy now. So now she's still a character because she's locked up there. And, and like all the staff knew her still, but they're yeah. just like they're like, oh, but you're like you're like with the Joker now. Huh? Plus, kind of the fun back and forth between her and the Joker we could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can have some of that like little emerging plot a little bit, but then but then you also have workplace stuff, just like you know the the break room kind of stuff between the guards and you know. Who the fuck ate my sandwich? Yeah, you <laughs> yeah got that just stupid stuff. shit like then that. Every now and then, a wall explodes, yeah. and you gotta like fucking and just the sheer fucking Firefly got out again. Unsurprisingness that these people have when it blows up, they're just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Because then Batman's really stern, and then anytime Jim Gordon, show, Jim Gordon's so hard on their security, and they all feel so bad because they want to be as good of a cop as Jim Gordon. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, who plays Jim Gordon in this? Jim Gordon's played by <sighs> Ray Liotta. <laughs> this this messes up because we said the Suicide Squad would exist in this kind of right. Would it mess up to have Idris Elba play Jim Gordon in this? Uh, listen, if he's going to be in our show, we'll we'll make it work. And then Harvey Bullock is played. By Jack Black. Um, <laughs> that's what I've decided. Idris Elba and Jack Black, they come in, they're partners. I love it. And yep. That's it. Done, done, done. <laughs> done, done. Sold. HBO will be waiting by the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Hit us up. All right. Uh, we did what we came to do, correct? Yes, 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 we did. The Batman 
watch it if you want. <laughs> I'd say watch it. No, I say watch it. I, you know, yeah. I guess that's the thing too. I, this wouldn't be like a uh, don't waste your time. This is like you know what? It was interesting. I, I, I liked half of it. Was meh on the other half, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't hate any of it. No. How's that? It's very subjective. And is it's that gonna, it's going to hit you how it hits you, and that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just I I. I don't love when a movie review of mine, that a favorable movie review from me is, I didn't hate it. Yeah. And it's like, I just hate that's what like movies have become generally, but that is how I felt. But I did. I did. I loved, I did like the first bit I was really in. I love the tone of it. I love the vibe. I wish it could have sustained it a little better is yeah. maybe what I'll, what my final statement will they, be. They, they tried to shove in a lot of things yeah. kind of quickly. Yes. Like the Elford. Yeah, they tried to cram a couple other movies in their movie. Yeah. And they didn't really need to. Right. I would have. I would have liked a little more. This one trims fat because honestly, even I think this movie would have done a little better. And this, I know this. This may sound controversial with a Batman movie. I think maybe it would have done better without an Alfred. He didn't really serve a purpose. To Not in this the particular movie. one. They, Not in this they, version. They should have spent some time, a little more time. The thing, it, it didn't have to be a be, lot. There to be a little more around that relationship for it to have the 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 weight they wanted to it. You yeah, because they tried to show it. They like tried when he's speeding back when he knows the bombs there. Yeah, I mean that scene's supposed to be really powerful. It's supposed to be, but yeah, I'm kind of just like, oh, okay. I was like, "Hey, he's not your dad. You told I mean, me that." The yeah, the movie told me I was supposed to care about their relationship, but it didn't make me feel anything yeah. about it. Oh no, I got the hiccups. All right, we got to end. I got the hiccups. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I had a beer and a half, so my <laughs> I've got the hiccups. Uh, yeah, well, this is one of our weird ones, so I never really know how to end it. But we're but we're we're done now, and we've already got some stuff recorded and coming out we do soon i know it feels weird it does we're never you, like we're usually scrambling <laughs> yeah usually yeah usually it's like fuck we haven't put anything out in a minute but we've actually got some stuff coming so i know what's coming next but i guess i don't really want to tease it too much well one yeah. we've already teased a couple times we just uh, won't stop we won't <laughs> stop teasing it so that's coming out. and that could be the joke maybe it's not going to come out that but we're gonna talk very, about it be very funny this movie we saw in theaters that we recorded that we, about and we'll just we never went out of our way to see in theaters then record right after record right after and then it just never got edited and the shark madness happened and then other things and then that's the most intention we've had it really, it really is <laughs> the last time we had this much intention is when we meant to change the name of the show yeah, that, that worked out really well <laughs> so it's we have to we have to thread this very specific needle of where it's like we need to care but we can't have too much plans because it always falls apart we have too much planned it really falls apart and it hurts and it hurts because it makes us go like god damn it well what do we even do with that yeah <laughs> and then we will be gone for a while because we have to collect ourselves <laughs> yeah we're like, Hang on. let's take a month to decide how we feel about podcasting <laughs> Oh, but no, we got uh, we got some episodes coming, and uh, I think we kind of know what we're even gonna record about next. Look, this is the like the most organized, yeah, we've been. the most organized, the most on a track. I feel like we've been, yeah. you know what I mean? We might gain a few listeners, yeah, and we'll we'll see though. It may get hard when we're busy writing this uh, this sitcom for DC. Oh, we and, might, and we HBO. might shut this podcast down. That's true. If that, that listen, you'll be able to be the first to know when that deal goes through. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, it'll probably hurt. 
how many episodes we get done because it's it's a big production and we're gonna have a lot of eyes on us to make this thing work you know so a lot of pressure a lot of pressure a lot of money going into it you heard some of the cast we named you know just the rights alone i i can't believe they're giving us the money for this this is gonna be this is crazy yeah it's gonna be wild i don't love that they're forcing jason alexander on us to play batman i don't love that but they keep saying he'd be good bold choice bold Um, choice we're gonna make him look taller (laughs) more confused by larry david as jim gordon oh i actually love that Oh, I actually, love, I actually love Larry David as Jim Gordon in this show. He's just so fucking fed up with Gotham PD and Arkham, and he's just he doesn't know what any was doing because he's he's starting to hate himself for only trusting a man who dresses as a bat. He's starting to this is the side of Gordon that no uh, one gets to see. Commissioner Gordon, we have Batman on the phone. He's just so weird to talk you hang to. He's just ask him. Ask him what he wants. <laughs> What's he want? What's he want? Is it a is it a crime thing? He's just he's just he's uncomfortable. Uh, I really want to make our show. All right, we gotta we gotta end this show though. Yes. Uh, for we Dustin, do, we do. for Dustin Pixley, I'm Logan Nielsen, uh, and as always, remember, I am vengeance or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>